All right. There will be bourbon has returned. It's the third year of this uh, slowly, ever slowly growing podcast. And I almost made it for the third year in a row without a podcast in the month of January. Wait, no, I almost made it for the first time without one in January. But fortunately, the good Louisville gun who we're going to talk to is uh, helping me remedy that situation. And before I do, I just want to thank everyone who actually does listen to this. Um, there's a few of you, which is nice because that's better than nobody. Um, and also, it's always fueled by America's native spirit. And we got a solid one tonight as I was able to leave the the, the fine, well, the fine state of California in terms of everything that is not related to the, the guy that's in the, the, the governor's mansion. Um, but fueling my discussion with Mr. Louisville Gun tonight will be a Weller foolproof single barrel from the great Lawler's Liquor Store in Napa, which... You probably can't get it right now, but if you go there, he's constantly got single barrel picks. So that'll be fueling this discussion. Um, so yeah, let's bring the guy in. It's Louisville Gun. How you doing, brother? I'm living the dream, man. I mean, I'm up here with Captain America's stand-in, Eric. There will be bourbon host. It is. Man, it's a walking recruitment poster for the U.S. Army. Can't believe uh, they actually I mean, it out. considering I did actual recruitment for the Army for a while, it didn't really, it's not working. So um, that's not my fault entirely. Uh, anyway, so look, th- this individual is someone I wanted to talk. I want to talk to you, obviously, for, for, for a very long time. You go all the way back to when we started the Goon Zooms. Um, that was a big thing in 2020, especially with with COVID going on and everyone just kind of living in a world of uh, stupidity and uh, the unknown of the unknown every day. Um, and I know you were a big part of putting that together and keeping everybody on. on and, and I don't know if you still participate in them. I mean, it's been forever since I was on one of those. Well, things. when it comes to stupidity, I'm a subject matter expert. You know? Likewise. I mean, there's, very, there's very few people on my level as far as uh, dumb yeah. shit goes. So. And that's what I want people to understand because, you know, I've noticed from just looking at analytics on the podcast, right? Like, so there's, you know, the YouTube thing, which I strictly tell everybody, I only reuse the YouTube version because it allows me to upload through Zoom an audio and a video. That's it, right? So I just throw the audio up there to have it or the video up there to have it. And the audio goes to all the other podcast sites. And it's clearly more popular on the podcast sites than it is on YouTube. So for someone who's not looking at your background on youtube right they'll be like what the hell and who the hell is louisville gun why won't he say his name why are so many of these guys anonymous well we'll get into that but one of the main reasons i want you to have or wanted to have you on is because you as an anonymous account go, going all the way up with dem who's at least visual but you know you guys are two of the biggest ones i think that have been on there um you do incredible amount of trolling on a like a world class level, because there's one thing to just make fun of people, and there's another thing to actually get some traction with the stuff you say, because it's actually intelligent, and uh, it 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 actually makes people think about, hey, why the hell is this dude saying this stuff, and what is he actually saying? So that's kind of the main reason I want you on here, because right, yes, you are what you call in your own bio an accomplished shit poster, but that's an art. You can't, just, no one can just. Not everybody can can be a shit poster, right? There's a lot of people that can talk shit. Doesn't make it interesting. Doesn't make it funny. Doesn't make it worth paying attention to. And you've managed to do that. So I'm just curious, when did you come to Twitter, and what was your intent at the at the origin? Because I know mine's been completely different over the last 15 years. You know, from what I wanted yeah. to do and what I've ended up doing. So yeah, see, that's the thing, man. I, 
I don't, I don't see myself as any kind of influencer or anything like that. I'm surprised that I've got it's like 17,000 yeah. yeah. uh, uh, followers now. Cause I don't think I'm particularly interesting. Um, you know, so whenever people actually listen, come to me for like advice or something like that, you know, it always triggers my Dunning Kruger because I think, you know, I'm just a fucking moron. Why are you listening to me? I uh, I could be just, uh, you know, some 13 year old kid um, up here in his uh, speedos, just you know, lollygagging on the internet. Uh, I mean, obviously that's not true. I'm a voice field wisdom going on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I, I turned 50 last year. I've been on the internet since uh, the early 90s. You know, I, I like I said in my bio, I'm a peacetime 90s era vet. I got out of the army right when the internet was starting. Um, and I've been That's on when there, I was coming in. You know, it got, it's, got, it's been <laughs> all right. We'll get into that. Yeah. I mean, it's I've been on the I've been on the web since the early 90s. I have seen, you know, things that. You, it, it's like that Rucker Howard thing from Blade Runner. Yeah, I've seen things you wouldn't believe, you know, yeah. shit posts off of uh, um, off of Usenet, uh, flame wars going across uh, Kiwi farms and something awful. Um, you know, all these things will die like tears in the rain or whatever. Um, you know, so I've, I've, I've seen things progress from yeah. um, Usenet to the early days of of discussion forums. Um, what was Usenet? Is that, is that what that is you're describing? Okay, so Usenet was like back back in the early days, like in the late '80s, um, before there actually was a World Wide Web. People used to yell at each other over the internet in um, discussion groups called Usenet. It was basically you would sign on to your internet provider and you would download. Um, you would download little chats from people where people would basically post their rants and do- download it. And then you would hit a reply. And you know how in the army, sometimes you get replied to all emails where somebody says, yeah. And it's like 7,000 responses yeah. sent off. You would see shit like that in Usenet constantly. <laughs> uh, the Navy SEAL copy pasta would be, would have fit in perfectly on Usenet <laughs> because people just were entirely too full of themselves. Um, and from in 93, 94, people transitioned from Usenet to uh, the very first uh, discussion forums. Yeah. And then from there, we started seeing social media uh, start to take place with like Facebook um, and, and various other stuff. And then, you know, Reddit rate my and- pick or whatever. What was that? Would you what was the college thing? Rate my rate my fate rate my picture rate my face smash or something like that yeah some something weird when i was in college it was like would you or rate yeah anyway or hot pre- or not hot or not yeah that's probably like a precursor to facebook <laughs> yeah you were probably hot on hot or not like getting hit by all these co-eds like oh yeah eric he's so sweet oh it's nine it's a ten please come over and give me babies <laughs> you know me well, i was I a solid three so, <laughs> so I, I had to develop my talents elsewhere with like, uh, you know, being smart Guns. and funny and, yeah. and having access to Rohypnol. So, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a good time had by everyone. Well, at least it was had by me. I don't care about everyone else. So. That's the spirit. <laughs> so, okay. So you said a couple of, well, hold on. I, I, I'm doing this all wrong because it's been a while. Right. So again, I know. I, That's I, what I she guess- said. Yeah, I get a question every now and then about the actual bourbon. So, you know, Weller is uh, Buffalo Trace makes it. 
Um, the big reason Weller has gotten so popular and, and so astronomically and ridiculously, in my opinion, and probably a lot of people's opinion, priced is because it is a weeded bourbon, much like all the Pappy Van Winkle line that, that Buffalo Trace makes. And the the rumors behind it are that it is simply the exact same mash bill and is just younger version of Pappy with more availability. Not 100% true, but the weeded stuff is true. It's very good. Um how would you rate it? I mean, how does it compare uh, to like the Calumet that I sent you? The Calumet is very good. I, I really like what they do because they've got some really like um, higher age stated stuff. Like they got a 16 year now you can get like usually. Well, I don't. I haven't seen it out here. Um, Virginia is a very weird state. But in California, they, you know, the 16 year Calumet is going for like, I think, what, 149, 159, something like that. And you can get that consistently, right? Now, if you ever actually go look at the MSRPs for what Pappy Van Winkle goes for, you know, the 23 year is supposed to be 279 bucks. But you can add two digits and then multiply that by about three or four. Um, so what I think with the Calumet Farms, that stuff is delicious. Me and actually, if, if you know Walt, our good buddy from the goon world, Walt and Nick, we uh, got together over, uh, I think, a 14-year or 15-year I had this time last year with them in a, in a, in a uh, drunken hotel Pouring. Yeah, see, I'm not a I'm not a big bourbon guy. I just you, yeah. you know I've got my Jefferson's Ocean that I like, and that's about it. Yeah, you know, I don't really like get into it like. too much. Yeah, you like what you like, but uh, you asked about the weather. The weather it, it's good. Um, it's just the prices have gotten stupid on it. So there's this is the full proof, which just means it's a barrel proof, but it's also a single barrel. So you usually don't see these because it's a store pick from that from that specific store. So these guys got together, sampled a bunch of barrels, picked one, and then they you know bottled up thousands of the bottles or however many bottles that come from it to make this. So it's very good. I, I do like it, but if it wasn't for the package deal that I got it in, then there's no way you'd see, cause you'll see, you'll see this version specifically the foolproof 400 and up at any store, unless you can actually yep. get it for the way it's supposed to be, which is probably, I think retail for this is either 50 or 60, you know, but you're never going to yeah. see that unless you're in a state like Virginia where you got state controlled prices and then you got to get lucky and, and show up at the store when they release it and then you'll get it for that. Oh. Price. But. Yeah. Pricing's crazy everywhere. I mean, here pricing's I literally crazy. live down the street from a angels envy. I'm, I'm two yeah. miles away from angels envy and the pricing is just nuts on everything. Well, that was what the, the package was. It was, it was this store pick and an angels envy barrel proof store pick from them. And it was the two of them for 200 bucks, which, you know, like mm. I said, can't really beat those prices considering what even just angels envy on its own they sell that here in virginia for like 90 bucks and that's just the regular one Jeez. yeah it's kind yeah. of even even blanton's here is, is gone insane so so i'm glad you brought that up you know here's the first bourbon story of the night all right so again i'm in virginia now and the way virginia is it's a state controlled uh for all their alcohol especially liquor so things like the buffalo's trace right it's not on the shelves readily for whatever reason. I don't know if it's an allocation for them or, or what, but they have not just for bourbon and whiskey, but for all their spirits that are what they consider, you know, high demand or limited allocation, whatever they do a, a, a limited release spirits drop. You have to sign up for their email or follow them on Instagram and, and Facebook, and you'll get a link when that stuff's available. And it seems to be so far about two or three times a week they're doing this. And then you'll get a link and it'll show you all the stores that have this stuff throughout Virginia and it's first come first serve, right? I live five minutes by walking to an ABC store. So a couple Saturdays ago, I get that email. I see it. 
that email was sent at like 2.20. I saw it at 2.25. I walked down to the store. It's like 2.32. It's been 12 minutes since that email went out. There's three dudes I see all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye just sprinting. So my first reaction is like, oh shit, something bad must be happening. Because why would three adult men be sprinting across a parking lot unless they're either running from something or something's going on? Quick check, nothing's going on. I see the last trail dude as he walks around the corner or sprints around the corner. He's sprinting into the ABC store. So in my head, I'm like, all right, I see how this is going. So I show up. He grabs the last bottle of Blanton's, gets it for the retail price of like, you know, whatever, 48, 47 bucks, I think it is. Like it's supposed to be priced, which it's not anymore. And I just laugh because I'm like, this dude literally sprinted for a bottle of Blanton's. And there's no justification for that in my mind. I mean, it, it's 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 decent if you like it, but it's nothing to write home about. It just isn't. But that's, I guess, the market here. So, that's how it is, man. There you go. Um, I will never be running for a bottle of Blands for 47 bucks. I mean, I'd be nice to stumble into it, but, you know, I guess that's how it's going to go down here in the OVA. But, you know, at least I'm on the free side and not over on the DC side where you can see all this stuff and get all kinds of bottles. But the prices are just absolutely stupid. And Buffalo Trace is there. But. See, I haven't been on base in over 10 years. What if you go to class six? Is any of the stuff available there or no? Depends what state you're in. So, you know, when I was in California, like it, that's kind of honestly one of the best things about California is like you walk into Target or any grocery store and you can buy liquor. Like the spirits are there and they're all great priced in terms of like Buffalo Trace, Wild Turkey 101, all of them. Like they'll be at Trader Joe's for, you know, 17, 18 bucks. Prices are great. And the supply is amazing. It's all the other stuff. It's all the other stuff. Like you got to remember like flagship products are just, there's there's so much of them that people tend to overlook them. Like if I just put a regular bottle of Buffalo Trace that you can pick up anywhere for 20 bucks versus Blanton's or some of this other stuff, you'd be like, oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, it is. But for whatever reason, people are still, you know, like going crazy for all this other stuff that doesn't say Buffalo Trace on it. When in actuality, the, the, the product in the bottle isn't that much different or definitely not that much better. So see, I'm I'm such a baby. I use mixers and everything. You know, I like Long Island iced tea. <laughs> you like what you like, man. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't really matter to me. I'm like, oh, oh, it's such a great bourbon. Oh, it's so it's so weedy or something, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even notice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so there's the bourbon stuff for the night. Um, but yeah, that was one of the cool things. So yeah, if you go on base, um you don't really see anything crazy like you'll every now and then you'll have like a bottle or something like bookers i remember i got at the classics on travis air force base for like 56 and you'll never see it for that cheap but that was just you know you, time and place are you in northern virginia or southern virginia or where are you i am in northern virginia now yes i am yeah i can tell i don't i like you i i'm free i can yeah i am in arlington or virginia not in arlington california i'm in arlington Virginia. i'm in the free side you know, I just submitted my 52 bucks for my, my concealed carrier that I can do out here. Like I got all kinds of freedom out here that I didn't have in 52 California. bucks. What kind of communism is that, man? We've got constitutional carry here. I, okay. Well, I'd have to live in, you know, Louisiana, which I don't want to do. Yeah. 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 Actually, no, wait, are you in Louisville or Kentucky? I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. That's what, I don't know why I said Louisiana. I'm like, yeah. So you're actually, you know what? We got to talk. More you think I'm Demp. You mistook <laughs> I, me for Demp. No, I tell you see, something. I always I am see not as handsome as Demp. I know, but I see. I always see Louisville Gun, and the first thing I think is Louisiana for some reason because it says Lewis. 
Right. So I'm just, I automatically just default to, you know, Louisiana because I'm an idiot. I'm not a very smart guy. So oh, join the club, brother. Yeah. Okay. So you are in Kentucky. That's right. It all makes sense now, which is why you sent that delicious bottle of Calumet Farms, which by the way, go back to what your original question was. I, I love that stuff and it's readily available and people should buy it, but they probably don't buy enough of it, which I'm all for. Cause I don't want them doing the same thing to that. Cause that stuff's amazing. Yeah, chicken cock. I had a bottle of that for a while, and that was yeah. I got that bad. one back there. I finally yeah. picked that up because for whatever, like, like some stuff is just stupid priced in California, and that one always was. Like, if I can't try it at a bar for a reasonable price, I'm not gonna go drop more than you know fifty or sixty bucks on something. And it was always way more than that. But out here, it was at you know because these stores here have to sell stuff at MSRP or slightly above, and so I picked it up for like fifty five or something. It's good. But yeah, the, lo- the local uh, bourbon place I used to hang out at uh, got raided by the ATF the other week and they seized their entire inventory. So I don't know what's going on there. But so the ATF finally did something where they didn't kill dogs. Well, you know, I'm not sure if they had a dog to kill. I'm, I'm pretty sure if there was a dog in there, they would have shot it a few times. Did you ever but, hear uh, that interview with uh, Joe Rogan with Ted Nugent like about a year and a half ago? Oh, God, I hate Ted Nugent. Though. I do, too. But he had a great point when he was on with with Rogan about the ATF. Like he went on this 20 minute rant about him. And it's like, honest question. Is there any point to the ATF in 2023? Yeah, it's to make us as unhappy and inconvenient as possible. ATF is the physical manifestation of why we should not have a powerful government. It's, you know, you just look at that agency. and It's like, yeah, this is why the founders had a revolution. Because the ATF is just filled with people doing stuff that we should revolt over. And that's how it is. And one of his points was, it's like, okay, what do you, I, I get the, I can kind of understand the F part, but what are you guys doing with the A and the T? And that's, I guess it makes sense since you just brought up, they raided a store, but like, seriously. And then the other thing is like, who wakes up and is like, man, I would love to be an ATF agent or is proud to say that they are one. Well, the, the guy that used to raise his hand uh, in class and say, hey, teacher, you forgot <laughs> to assign homework. That, those, that's your typical ATF agent. You're the guy that got shoved into a locker. I've never met one. Um, I, I've met or been around people who have been in just about every other, you know, three-letter or big agency. I honestly, I can't assume that they're a small agency, but I've just, I, I don't know who they are or where they're at because no one, no one claims it. Well, just, you know, all the, all the, like the customs and border patrol guys I know are all cool. The the marshals, I I know they're all cool. Yeah. I know a bunch of marshals that used to be like SF and Navy SEALs and all that other shit. They're all fucking cool dudes. ATF guys, the agents I know are fucking douchebags. And I don't don't understand why. I just, it's, it's, there's got to be something genetically wrong, like a chromosomal defect or something. I've read like those descriptions they recruit for it too. Like none of their re- descriptions, they're, they're not really recruiting people that you would want to be associated with. If you read it, oh, yeah. really dig you know, must, down into the actual job description or the posting that they're doing. It's like, yeah, must have two feet. You know, <laughs> must have, <laughs> must be, uh, <laughs> must be breathing. It's a, it's, it's a weird collection of people, but yeah, I mean, that, going back to Nugent, like, yeah, not a fan, but his point is spot on. It's like, your entire existence is to what you said is to oppress, you know, <laughs> constitutional rights, but essentially for the most part. Um, yeah. Uh, Nugent's like, a douchebag too. I mean, the guy shit his pants to get out being drafted. I mean, let's come on, dude. You know, really? why, is a, 
Oh yeah, he like shit his pants for like a week or something. It and didn't wash for and then showed up to the draft board, and he brags about that. He, he acts like he's some kind of you know Billy badass dude. Ain't shit. Yeah, I mean, like that's. I mean, like I said, I I, I thought the, the the rant was funny, but you know, we 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 have people like this on both sides of the aisle, right? Everyone's got their their little uh, you know, their, their their celebrity that's attached to their cause that they champion but you know when you pick them apart they're no different they're just more well known and oh yeah putting yeah. your faith I mean, and stock into people like that like what's the point i'd rather put it into some anonymous shit poster on the internet like yourself you know well, exactly right man you gotta make <laughs> us famous all right so let, let me get back you, you you went into the army in the 90s what what made you join i was stupid i mean basically i had uh um you know, I, I was having trouble at home and I would go into MEPS and, uh, you know, I wanted to change my home situation as rapidly as possible. And, you know, I, they look at my ASVAB and they're like, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, what jobs are open? And uh, they're like, well, we don't have all day for that because you can, your, your ASVAB scores were like top percentile. Yeah, um, you were dumb. So that's good. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I can do anything. Uh, what's available right now? They're like, uh, well, uh, you can become an engineer. I'm like, well, you know, when's that leave? Oh, well, it'll leave soon. I'm like, well, I don't just want to be a combat engineer. I don't want to just, I'm like, what's involved with that? Oh, it's blowing stuff up. You'll love it. I'm like, oh, oh, sounds like a, a great thing. Uh, well, can I get airborne with that? Yeah, sure, of course. I, my I, grandfather, hey. Combat yeah, go yeah. go off and do that, and realize I made the biggest mistake in my fucking <laughs> life. Um, where'd you end up? Well, first was Korea, then was Bragg, um, and you know it was it was an interesting time um, back in the nineties. Korea was definitely where it's at if you wanted to have MOS specific training because it, they were taking it very seriously. Yeah. You know, over I did more training in Korea in, in one year than I did in the rest of my time at Bragg. I hear it's still like it's always kind of been that way. Still, you know. It's yeah. Well, the, I mean, these days, who knows? Away from the Conus, yeah. Well, I think still, the farther you get away from Conus, the more serious you have to kind of do shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I spent an annual training in Korea once for three weeks, and yeah, it was those every day was some sort of drill or somebody doing something like, yeah. I mean, I had like three 45 day field problems spaced six weeks apart from each other. And I mean, but it was amazing. I mean, we did a lot of bang. We did a lot of MOS specific stuff. We did a lot of op four stuff. We did a lot of, you know, back when uh, I had a, one of my uh, squad leaders was a 12 echo reclass, which um, 12 echo was a MOS that got, they just did away with after the cold war because it was atomic demolition specialists. These were the guys that had the uh, special <laughs> atomic demolitions, the backpack nukes, and they would go oh, behind wow. enemy lines. Um, and this guy had just like washed out. He failed the Delta force uh, selection. So he got sent over to our unit. He was really bitter about it. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, he was filled with Fair. good info. Yeah. So, you know, and uh you know, but it, it, the it was it, Korea was a good time. You know, if yeah. you didn't have uh, xenophobia, if you were if you treat it like an experiment where you were going out there to enjoy yourself and and learn, and you know, it, as an 18, 19 year old dude away from the U.S. for the first time and lacking supervision, 
you know, it was a great time, you know, but, uh, you know, doing that, getting real drunk for a year and, yeah. and tearing my way through the uh, uh, locals, it was, you know, it was definitely something that I would recommend. But then getting coming back to Conus and experiencing peacetime Fort Bragg was a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, um, so did you just do an initial enlistment and got out or did you stick around for 9-11 or any of that stuff that came out? No, I got out. I got out okay. back in 94. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. 11 happened. So, yeah. yeah. Well, so what was that like then? So you came in or you would have gotten out when Clinton was doing the like the downsizing, right? And everything was yeah. drastically. Oh, what yeah. was that like? Yeah. I, I've heard I mean, stories, but. Yeah. When I got to brag, um, you know, dudes were showing off their combat patches from Desert Storm. I mean, that's, that was the big thing back then. It's like, oh, you have combat patch from Desert Storm. Oh, and there, we had a couple guys in the unit that had combat patches from Panama. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah. And it's like, you know. And you were stuck in like, Korea for everything, huh? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, that was the big thing. And downsizing was happening. And, and they were looking for reasons to get rid of dudes. And back then, people were getting popped for piss tests and get you know out of the out of the army in 30 days dudes were getting hit with lsd uh charges out of the army in, in 30 days and uh it was you know the training sucked you had, had operation clean sweep constantly uh, what was uh that? were you ever were you ever on brag uh just for a couple of weeks to do some srp stuff never actually stationed there all right. So, you know, life in the airborne mafia is different from anywhere else. Uh, you know, you get the floppy beret, you get the maroon beret. And back then, you know, only the airborne and SF Rangers had berets. So, you know, nobody, nobody understood that the, the cap was, uh, you know, completely worthless. They thought, oh, oh, you're elite. You got a beret on your elite, you know, and, you know, everything, everything on brag is revolves around, jumping if yeah. you're not getting ready to jump then you're training to jump or you're doing some detail involved with jumping or doing some kind of hurry up and wait uh thing to jump and you know god man it's just it's a nightmare stupidity it was just people getting hurt constantly and pretending they weren't hurt uh you know stupid stupid exercises involving uh uh dropping heavy equipment you know watching it fail as it burns in i mean i'll never forget seeing a uh do you know what a sea tractor is no you know what a okay a sea tractor is uh a, a basically this mercedes-benz version of a pickup truck with a bulldozer blade on the front and a back okay. in yeah, the back yeah, okay yeah, yeah. and right. uh you know, part of the airborne uh, capabilities was dropping, you know, heavy equipment, five ton dump trucks, tanks, whatever. Um, and I, you know, we did a rig up. Those are some of the equipment. best videos of watching those burn in, though. Like you're talking exactly, about. man. You're seeing a sea <laughs> tractor just. <laughs> there goes the a few million bucks gone. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I guess we don't have to do PMCS on that anymore. <laughs> So it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, but these days, man, it's gotta be completely different for you kids. I can't, I can't imagine the, the sea change in how things are now that you guys have had 20 years of actually doing your job as opposed to, you know, just pretending. Well, I mean, there, there's a plus and minus to all of that. And you know, the, the, the minus is kind of what you've seen play out at least politically on Twitter, for example, right? Like you see everything that people are constantly 
going against whether it's the wokeness or the the lack of standards and disciplines and all because you had to give up something right and that was one of the big things that was told to me so like when i went into iraq in 03 i didn't come back for 15 months it was middle of 04 you know went back to start drilling again in like late 05 or late 04 i went to podc in louisiana in 05 and i just remember from that point on it was very different from even when i came in in 02 and went right to korea for an annual training where everyone's doing a fucking drill every day you know like taking holy shit, there's this threat from North Korea that we got to train for every single day. And then it just kind of became down to, it, it morphed into, like, it's, man, there's a, there's a lot to unpack on that, but there's, it, it turned into us going in initially and being like, yeah, you'll be home before Christmas in 03. Okay, we catch Saddam on like, what, December 13th of 03. It's like, okay, we should probably be home for Christmas because what else are we here for? We caught Saddam. No, we'll get extended four more times. And then it turns into, well, now we have to establish baselines for rotations. Okay, let's go to 15 months. And then 2005 comes about when the 101st shows up and is like, you know what? Fuck everything 3rd ID and 1st Armor Division just did for 03 and 04. We're going to do everything completely different and we're going to do it our way and fuck all the relationships they build. And then you get the, you lay the groundwork for the surge that created because the insurgency took it to a whole other fucking level. And then you're no longer in a, uh, you know, an actual invasion posture you're in a constant state of what do we do next year the year after that year after that and year after that with forcecom right because what does forcecom do plan rotations out five years in advance or right and when all that took place you went into this permanent state of the military or the army specifically that i know you know is just constantly in a state of deployment so what happens when you're in a constant state of getting ready for the next thing? You start slacking off on all the other things that you should be doing in a garrison environment, your discipline, your training, all that stuff that you would take advantage of because you didn't know if you would ever actually have to do it. Now you're just like, oh, well, you know, we don't deploy until December. It's fucking June. Let's just chill. Let's take it easy. And that's kind of the mentality and mindset that it took place. It permeated throughout. Um, I remember saying this like, I can't, when I went to PLDC, you know, which is the primary leadership development course, uh, which is now BLC, basic leader course for the army. I remember thinking like, oh shit, I'm, I'm about to learn how to be a sergeant. I'm about to learn some like all like base, the, the leadership, how to be in charge. I, was, I didn't learn any of that. I didn't learn any of that. I learned how to look up stuff in a book. And now they do it by control F on a computer. Like this is when they still gave us actual regulations printed out. You had to go find stuff. Now it's control F. So the standards, the learning how to be a non-commissioned officer. And I don't know, you can probably speak to your units, which is obviously where I would take it. Um, you are only as good as the NCOs. And if you're an officer, you're only as good as the officers you had in your specific section in your unit. Oh, because we had a bunch of ship bags, man. Okay, well then what do you expect what do you think is going to come from that then? You know what I mean? Like if you have if your team leader, your squad leader, your platoon sergeant, your first sergeant, your sergeant major, if they're all people that you don't want to be like, what do you think most likely is going to happen? Oh, it was uh, you know? in the 90s it was awful. It was toxic as hell. You had people that were there for life who, you know, when you were in the airborne mafia, you weren't going anywhere else because nobody wanted to volunteer for airborne. Um, so everybody stayed you either were in your in your unit or you went to uh, the 82nd or you went to uh, Italy 
for uh, 173rd. Yeah. yeah. I went and there for annual training once, three weeks. That was yeah, boring. nice. That was cool. That was yeah. Fun. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Oh, or, or Panama back then. We had a unit down in uh, Panama. You know, you had these lifers who couldn't function on the outside, and their mission was to make it horrible for everyone else. You had, uh, you know, they were just, they were killing time. They wanted to do their do their time until they could retire, and then they got out. And anybody that was worth a shit was dropping a packet for SF or, uh, or trying to transfer out. You know, as soon as I got to my first unit, I was like, man, I've got mouth-breathing retards over me. Um, I made a critical error here. I'm going to try to reclass as soon as possible. I dropped a 41A7 to go to a critical short MOS, got denied. You know, went to uh, the uh, battalion commander, denied it, said, you, you know, you're going to have to wait until you go back uh, to the U.S. for this because you got, you know, you're only here for 12 months. Go right. to go back to the U.S., drop the same 41A7, Um and got denied again because it was because 12 Bravo was such a shit MOS that it was always critically understaffed and nobody would be allowed to get transferred in or out or rather there, transferred I out. I know your pain. Yes. I know your pain. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, back in the nineties, it was a nightmare these days. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, so, you know, you said you had a unit full of shit bags though, but like, so did you have any good leaders that you you remember or? Yeah, uh, my very first platoon leader was a uh, was a stud, absolute stud. He went on to take a very prestigious uh, army all army award uh, for. I'm not going to dox myself by saying what he did, but he he, you know, he left our unit, went to uh, 82nd, uh, took a very prestigious all army award, um, then went SF and took command of a unit that is name recognized pretty much everywhere. And, uh, you know, he was a true stud. I had a squad, um, I had a squad leader who was a, uh, another stud, but, you know, platoon sergeants were largely garbage. Most of the squad leaders were garbage, you know, and it was being smarter than pretty much everyone in the chain of command, except for the officers, is is horrible horrible thing as a young joe because you look at these guys who can't figure out very simple common tasks like yeah you know okay what's what's the formula for doing road demolition what's the formula for doing bridge demolition what's you know you go to professional development schools like sapper leader course which is intended for ncos and i'm you know i go there and i'm outscoring everybody but the officers and i've got no formal higher education you know, and, and, you know, all my E7s, E6s, E5s, you know, were there and I'm the only lower enlisted in the class and I'm doing better than everyone else. It's, you know, it's just uh, very corrosive to my, uh, to my viewpoint. And that caused my, caused me problems as well. Well, that's also, that, but that goes back to my point is like, this is in my experience, like, so I, I don't get me wrong. Like I, I've, you know, I'm still doing this stuff from a the reserve side. Like I love the army. Like I loved everything it provided me. I was in a very similar position, you know, from you. It's just, it took me a little longer to join and it, it changed my life because of where I was trying to go. I had to realize that the reality wasn't going to end up that way. And so, the, you Oh, know, I think, I thank God every day I joined the army because yeah. it taught me a lot of valuable lessons. Absolutely. Yeah, self, absolutely. Self, self-reliance, motivation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting, dealing with the suck 
you know, yeah. you do you do a fifty mile road march, and you know, in shitty conditions, humping a M sixty and a six singers, and you know that that's an experience that not everybody gets to have. But once you've done yeah. that, you know that you can, you can do deal it. with like <laughs> you can yeah. deal with inventory at a retail store or something like that. No yeah, yeah, it's like this ain't that bad, you know. Yeah, but, it's like no, oh, no, it's okay, yeah. <clears throat> and um, but that's why I said like I've I've been really lucky. All of my units um, prior to getting into, you know, the recruiting world, I always had great leaders. I really did. Like I, I had great team leaders, I had great squad leaders, I had great platoon sergeants. Um, I started what was your Cross. MOS? I originally did, it was 71 Lima, then I went into 42 Alpha. So I've always done sort of like a, like admin, and then I moved into contracting, and then I went to drill sergeant, and then I came back to the contracting uh staff ncoic world where it was all like strategic planning so i've always i didn't, I didn't so, do any cool guy shit like you or anything i just turned into airborne oh, I didn't, stuff. yeah i didn't do cool guy shit either but you're you're the guy that's responsible for losing leave paperwork no you i never did any of that. that that was s1 stuff like you gotta you gotta remember how it splits so it splits into an operation side which is all your postal shit so when we went to um to iraq like our whole job was to set up the postal routes and go do fucking convoys and do all that shit Never dealt with the S1 side of the house because that world splits. And then they they made HR companies in, I want to say, the late 2000s, and they made it completely separate. And they, they took on the, the, the contracting piece. They took on the operations piece, postal piece, all that stuff. So I always did planning and, and all that silly shit. Um, and I only got all the, the like the airborne and the drill sergeant and all that stuff because I didn't want – I didn't really accept being – average i always wanted to kind of go do other stuff and i found out you know because I'm, I'm you know i'm trying to make this about you and not me but like i found i i've joined specifically for you know it sounds dumb i joined after 9 11 but my buddy got a bonus to go be an 88 mike and i was like well i don't want to be a truck driver what else can i do to get a bonus <laughs> and my recruiter's like well how does computer sound and i'm like is it like intelligence he's like no but if you want to do intelligence you leave in 12 months and i'm like well, no i need to leave now and i'm like all right well here you're gonna go do something with computers and you what that ended up being is the fucking 71 lima which turned into 42 alpha and all that stuff so yeah there's computers involved but he got me but i got my bonus um so anyway i always did you I get your always, dodge charger yeah, no, I never did anything dumb like that, but I always volunteered for everything. Like that's what I, that, was, that was my thing. And that came from just my upbringing as well. Like my dad always taught me, you know, fucking just work hard and you'll be fine. So all the stuff that people never wanted to do, I was glad to do it. Go be a gunner for somebody who, you know, cause I was the saw gunner when we went into Iraq. Cause that was on our MTO. I'm like, yeah, I'll go be a gunner for anybody. Whoever needs a gunner, I'll go do it. Whoever wants to go out on this convoy, I'll go do it. Whoever wants to go do D main guard and be out on the gate, I'll go do it. Whatever. I would just go do the stuff. And you know, that that's the stuff that gets you noticed. Right. Mm. So that's why I was able to go to airborne school. That's why I was able to go to drill star in school. And when, when I was there, I, you know, I was the, you know, won all the fucking leadership awards and shit there at that school. And it always kind of set me up and put me into better positions because I think like, that's what people of this generation, I struggle with my own daughter sometimes is like, you need that. You can't just hide in the background. You know what I mean? Like you need to step up, raise your fucking hand when they ask for volunteer. Like, don't be the guy who always is just like, nah, someone else will do it. Fuck that. I always wanted to do it. I wanted to do that shit. And especially when you were downrange, like, why would you want someone else to go put their life on the line when you know you can actually go do something to help your people? You know, that 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 was my thinking. That was always my thinking. It still is to this day. 
But I think our, our this generation now really struggles with that because they're all very, they've been brought up to be focused inwardly and not outwardly. Like no one does stuff to benefit others. It's all about themselves. And I think that's where we find ourselves into a lot of trouble right now. Yeah, yeah. altruism is is very, uh, has atrophied culturally. Yeah. And unless you can get like instant social credit for it, like doing stuff like Mr. Beast does, then these kids don't want to volunteer or do anything. And, you know, I, I battle with that at home with my kids as well. They don't, they don't want to do anything. You know, I, I try to get them to take care of other stuff by giving them pets, you know, here you've got yeah, a cat, yeah. you've got a dog, yeah. you know, you, this, this animal's depending on you. And mm-hmm. now, you know, it turns into, I've got the dog or I've got the cat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and real quick, because I, I still haven't pointed this out, you know, but um, the, the background probably looks a little different than normal because as I told you, I did just recently move and the uh, the moving company, one of the finest organizations supplied by the Department of Defense to do my move, my last and final move. They lost my canvas that usually has me sipping one of these, with my shades on. Um, so that's lost and the office isn't set up yet. So this will probably be one of the few podcast that will look like this and happy to have louisville gun doing it for me um well, i'm just happy to be here man i mean <laughs> just happy being to graced be with man. being graced yeah. with your presence makes me yeah. look so much better I, well especially with your your background that looks yeah, like a man. sweet instagram handle is what it looks like well you, you know i can't give away the only fans content for free <laughs> which you can find if you go on onlyfans.com look up louisville gun you will see yep, right next to terry shaper <laughs> Terry. Yeah. I get Terry back on. He was a fun conversation. I can't believe that's been almost he's, years, man. Like he's the, whole, he's the man. Yeah. Well, he, he comes and goes so often. It's just like it's hard to keep up with him because he's never really around for long. He comes on, like post a ton, and then he just disappears again for six months. And um, yeah, you don't know if he's doing Hollywood stuff or real life. No, you know? and then like you you text him and he never responds. And if he does, it's like he'll call you. And leave a message at two in the morning. That's like four minutes long. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Usually, I just I just get a pair of testicles or you know some some grandmother's cooch, you know, <laughs> from him. So, all right. So you okay? So you you did the army. You got out in ninety four. You know, there's a lot of shit going on politically with that time. Um, and again, like you you, you described, like this is this was kind of a big time, and I think culturally because you you're talking about Usenet, the internet starting to come about. Um, what, what did, why did you get out and, and what, what did you do next? Uh, I was done, you know, I was like, okay, I, I got, I had a career en- ending injury in the army that killed my chances for dropping a packet for SF. Is that jump and related? Yeah. Yeah. I had a jump injury. And once you have a, once you have a back injury in the army, you're, you're not going SF. That's all there is to it. So I decided, okay, it's time to go take advantage of the GI Bill and uh, do my thing. Uh, went to college for four years, got out, took a job uh, doing computer skills, and managed to parlay that into my OnlyFans, and it's working <laughs> out for me. <laughs> That's good. Um, so, yeah, and clearly you and this goes into everything that we talked when we first started like you've managed whatever it is you do you 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 in my opinion you you downplay your influential ability but you you clearly have been able to to do that um 
was it always related to Second Amendment, guns, all that stuff? Or is it is that something you also grew up with? Or is this something you picked up during your time in the military and you wanted to continue and you kind of build upon it when you got out? Or, or how did you find yourself in that world? Well, that's a that's a good question. I, uh, you know, I don't you know make a big deal of this, but I am Jewish. And okay. I learned very, very early on. I was radicalized very, very early on that nobody's coming to save us. We have to do it ourselves. Um, you know, we point. had Holocaust survivors in, in Sunday school uh, coming in telling us about, what, you know, their experiences. I'm like, what the fuck, man? You know, how could evil like this take place in the world? And if, if you know, if, if God isn't with us, then what are we going to do? And, uh, you know, I come from a liberal Jewish family where, you know, the guns were like, no, no, no guns, no, uh, no self-defense. No, not, we're not doing any of that. Um, and meanwhile, I'm like, okay, well, you know, guess what? I, I paid attention in Sunday school. Our entire religion is filled with uh, war stories. I mean, everything about our religion is war and struggle and killing people and, and barely avoiding disaster. And I was like, okay, well, I better do something. You know, I grew up very patriotic. I was like, okay, I need to uh, give service to this country that's given me so much. Joined the army, you know, 18. Got out and guns were always a thing for me. You know, I've always been a, a gun guy. Way back in the day, I read Sergeant Rock comics. I used to read The Punisher back when I was six, eight, nine years old, you know, and uh you know, joined the army, got out, was a gun guy then. And, and back in the early 90s, you know, there was a, you could do anything. It was the wild west on the internet. You could find all kinds of shock sites, and get involved in anything you want to. It was a good time to network with others. And the whole Second Amendment advocacy uh, really started taking, you know, the modern version of it started taking root in the 90s. You had bulletin boards and Websites like the high road and the firing line and stuff like that. And then, you know, the conglomerates didn't exist yet. Facebook wasn't around, uh, Instagram, all that stuff wasn't around. It was all just bulletin boards. And it's only when uh, the conglomerates started taking uh, taking bigger bites that you started seeing pushback from the, uh, from the anti-gun groups getting any kind of traction. So, you know, I, I like to say that the anti-gun thing is entirely astroturfed and you know i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of anti-gun people out there but the popularity is astroturfed to hell and gone well so i you i because i just looked it up um because it, it it rang in my mind when you were talking about it uh so you got out in 94 the brady gun bill was passed in what february of 94 so yep. what, what was were you were you in tune with that at the time were you were you Yep. Where yep. when it happened, I, what actually, what made that in your, like, what brought that about? Because I, I was too young. I was fucking 13 years old. Like, I don't know why that passed. I didn't even know any of it about it until, you know, the early 2000s about any of it. So what yeah, was the, well, what was that like? What was the cause of that? And, and how did you navigate that? Well, I mean, after, uh, after the attempted assassination of Reagan, okay. um, you know, James, James Brady was one of his uh, cabinet officials and he called around from John Hinckley's 22 caliber revolver. Okay. And he was, you know, basically paralyzed for that. And you may, I mean, never let a crisis go to 
waste right. is, yeah. Rama is always the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they, Diane Feinstein and all these people, you know, have been looking for an excuse to pass gun bans. And, um, you know, when the, when the, when the Reagan assassination attempt happened, they used that to try to push the assault weapons ban. And there was a couple years of discussion before that actually happened. I mean, the AWB didn't take place until 94. Um, and they used Brady, the Brady bill was, um, you know, you had, uh, I mean, it, there was a, a first assault weapons ban in 89 where George W. Bush uh, senior uh, passed that to prevent the import of foreign assault weapons. And then they did the big one back in 94 where they banned the manufacturing production of uh, feature limited uh, or feature based assault weapons. Um, Is that why that I can't buy clause. those like really great Polish ARs like those style. I can't buy those now because yeah, of that. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the reason why Glocks come into the country with those shitty ass uh, plastic sites. Is that everything coming into the country has to pass a sporting purposes test, and uh, if it doesn't pass the sporting purposes test, then it doesn't make it in. So you'll see all these weird rifles come in in weird configurations, and then they come in and get converted, or they get. You know, the parts of it will come in, it'll get assembled here under 922 with a certain amount of U.S. parts to pass the uh, uh, thing. But it's it's all just it's all a shell game. These guys are just passing regulations that don't fucking do anything. And we as gun buyers and the manufacturers comply with it, you know, comply with the letter of the law, not the spirit. And we do whatever we want anyhow. So, but yeah, 94, man, I got out of the army and, and, uh, you know, the assault weapons ban had just passed. And I'm like, man, I want an AR-15 and, oh, sorry, yeah. the assault weapons ban just passed. You can't, you know, if you want one, it has to be pre-banned. So you're going to pay $1,700. And I've still got my very first AR, which was a fucking Eagle Arms A2 carry handle uh, model. Oh my God. I paid way too much for it Was it really $1,700? Oh, yeah. Back yeah, then, yeah, holy back, shit. back that's then, like five grand today, man. Oh my god, yeah, that's a lot of money. You know, thirty round mags were going for like a hundred dollars a piece, and oh my it was god. just craziness. You know, that's insane. It was craziness. It was a bad time until two thousand four, and then the assault weapons ban sunsetted, and everything uh, went back to normal. So you what know? was going on though? Then, like, let me, because you know, I th I think you know this. You're you're not a you're not an idiot, right? So there's a lot of stuff that's uh, going don't go too far there. Yeah, but I think, you know, I think you can probably see maybe once I mention it, like where we're going with this is like prior to the Reagan assassination, right? Because you, you say that that's kind of what was the, the catalyst to bringing this legislation about. I mean, the Second Amendment's been around since, obviously, the fucking Constitution. Uh, you know, yeah, we've had some um, isolated incidents of violence with rifles or whatever you know you can go back to you know the God, what was the fucker's name that did the light the lighthouse shoot and the former marine guy the light tower no not the light tower the the tower at the fucking campus what was oh, that kent guy? state yeah oh, kent, kent state. state no kent state uh, with the national no, guard so charles whitman whitman yes okay so, so we've had some of those things go on but for the most part <clears throat> we managed to be a country that could have any type of firearm we want it without real incidents, right? 
Um, it, it goes back to 1989. Uh, 1989, you had the Stockton uh, school shooting where 34 kids and a teacher uh, were mowed down by this fucking nut job with an AK. Stockton, and then after California. that, yeah, yeah, Stockton, California. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, Wow. Oh yeah, that was like the first big, big, big mass shooting um, shit, in know. modern history. Then after that, you had Lubies. Uh, Lubies, you know, killed like fifty people, or, or twenty-three people were killed, I think, and like fifty people uh, total were casualties. Um, and you know, you you kept getting these mass shootings, and it would give the anti-gunners uh, ammunition to to. <laughs> go after this but this was before the internet so it was just newspapers spreading this stuff and back then i don't even remember what the makeup of the uh, house and senate was um in what the 80s late 80s or yeah, well 90s um <laughs> well i think that was when they, the democrats definitely had a majority because clinton got elected and i think they had the majority the super majority for the first at least his first term it was all Democrats. Yeah, yeah I remember I mean, they were, the Democrats back then were actually considered reasonable in today's standards. <laughs> it is like they oh, were, yeah, people. totally. <laughs> they were normal people back then. Yeah, the um, yeah, it was after the assault weapons ban. They that the assault weapons ban was credited with causing the Republican Revolution, where the Republicans took power in Congress for the first time in forty years. So that would have probably um, been ninety four. I think. Yeah, now I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, because it was all Democrat. Yeah that point yeah you're yeah. right yeah 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 the democrats had power to 95 and then 90 yeah, like 40 years or yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, right. they got it they got it passed and overstepped their bounds and that caused them not to have power again for like 10 years or so but my, my but point they, that where i was going with it though was like and i know you you make a great point about the internet and then we you know, obviously we can you know we had cable news ad invented in the exact you know cnn and fox were founded literally months from each other um and if it wasn't cnn and fox it was fox and msnbc one of those two networks were like founded in the oh, you remember time. you remember cnn got came to fame uh, with the invasion of iraq yeah well, yeah time. so never mind you're right so it was it was msnbc and fox they both founded the same year i think it was 94 um or 95 either way the point is kind of going what you're saying is like with, with without the internet and and the, the cable news cycle to constantly keep people in a state of uproar and outrage about whatever the fuck it is they feel like pushing it all seems to honestly be like within the last 30 years is where we've gotten to with with gun laws and gun legislation and the constant push and and you know and, and i'm tired of it from both sides because you got a totally inept organization like the nra who who just literally just does nothing but collect fees and then you got all the people also doing the other stuff where it's just like, yeah, you know, we're going to come and like, listen to fucking Newsom talk out in California. It's like, dude, you're fucking you, you, the state you are in charge of is an absolute fucking joke from a gun rights standpoint. And you still deal with the same shit. It isn't the fucking guns. It's mental health. You have mentally well, you gotta- insane people because you don't put them off the fucking streets. And I don't know how true this is. I can't remember who said it. It was very yeah. recently, but I can't remember who said it. But it's like, I don't know. Do you know if this is true or not? Because you, you, you're you a little older. You probably might know. Was Ronald Reagan the one who did away with the fucking mental health issue facilities? Yeah, actually, it was that guy, uh, the the vet farmer dude on Twitter. And, and Jimmy Cal- Carter? No, vet farmer. He calls him vet farmer, whatever. He said Reagan was they the one that did away the asylums, with- yeah. Yes. 
yeah, the state-run asylums, I think, were shut down under uh, Reagan because, you know, the, a bunch of government cutbacks were done um, back then where they were trying to uh, shut down a bunch of uh, government benefit programs and shutting down the state asylums was one of them. You can't, uh, you know, California is a fine example on a macro level because it's such a massive place with major cities everywhere. You cannot have these people freely roaming the streets of major metropolitan cities and expect anything but the worst outcome. Like, I'm not oh, sure yeah. what or who the fuck made the case to Reagan in that time period, whatever. That was 30 years ago, maybe, if not more. But this is a very obvious cause and effect. It's very obvious. It's a very, and I said that I've, Terry and I talked about this when he was on the podcast. Is literally almost two years ago. Like I said, how we talked about when I was growing up. I never saw homeless people. They're fucking everywhere in every state in every city now. Now you got homeless advocates saying no, you can't help them because they want to be on the street. But they're also like yes. when you saw the homeless guy go like the hobo, right? Oh man, that guy's just he's bad luck. He's maybe he's drunk or whatever. Now they're all criminally and violently mentally insane uh, no... i mean there's here's here's the here's the thing the people people don't realize that the homeless break down into several distinct groups yes you've got your violent criminally insane who cannot be helped no matter what and there yeah. will always be a population of them out there then you've also got People like your, I, I hate to call them the Antifa types, but they're your drug users. There's these kids who go from shooting gallery to shooting gallery. All they want to do is just shoot up, get high, and they're fucking homeless and they're junkies and they live on the street that way. They fall into prostitution or they eventually OD, die, or they hit bottom, get into rehab somehow and come out of it. Then you've got the people, the, the vast majority of the homeless, though, are people who have had bad luck. And they've hit hit some kind of event where they've lost their job, they've lost their fucking house, yeah. something happened, and they don't have, um, you know, they they are just out on the streets or living in their car or something like that. And unfortunately, that third the third group is who needs help. The third group's and out of the, sight, out of mind as well, though. Yeah, and, at least in California. I don't know about Kentucky, but I tell you, in California, it's the first group you described that's everywhere. Yeah. Well, what you what you have to what you have to do is get you know. There's been a lot of studies done on this and a lot of uh, research, and it's been found that is way way less expensive to put all these homeless people into housing than it is to do anything else. Um, if you take an abandoned hotel and you put them all into the hotel, and I already talked about this in California, that you got fucking Alcatraz sitting right there, not doing anything but collecting tourist fees. And you got an infrastructure already built. Well, the problem with Alcatraz is you can't get off of Alcatraz to get to a job. You know, uh, That's, a hotel, you're, not, you're not trying to do that yet, though. Here, you need to rehabilitate these people to the point where they can actually go and hold a job. That's going to take months. And then you, you know, can take them off because you have the ferries to shuttle them out. And then you bring not, the next group in. That's not actually the case, though. And No, I'm just saying it's, we, it's possible to be done if you're talking about abandoned I mean, instances, for example. You know, the Alcatraz would work for your junkies and for your yeah. insane. But yes, it wouldn't work yeah, for the people, the transitional people who actually need the help. Right. Well, and, California's got – like San Francisco has so many – dude, there's so many fucking camps, especially after COVID sprung up. 
right along the water. He's got these massive yeah, and, and cities that were these, you know, they, there's they so like much, the, the there's tenth. so much institutional inertia that yeah. prevents rapid solutions from happening. And the best solutions that I've seen are take, this is actually a, a, a one of my interests because it ties into crime as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take a hotel or you build a bunch of tiny houses and you have everybody that's homeless in that area that's congregated, you shuttle them into the tiny homes in like a 40, 50 tiny home community or a hotel where everybody has a roof over their head. They have access to sanitary facilities. They have an address where they can get um, right. bills sent to or have, uh, um, you know, get mail, which is super important if you want to have a job. You can't yeah. fill out a job application without a fucking address. And the people who need treatment, because being on the streets is horrible for your health, you know, regardless, yeah. you know, you see, you see if there's bad weather, you know, a homeless person winds up going to the ICU because they got frostbite and lost their feet. ICU stay for a week is like $100,000. That's you fucking know, insane, dude. I mean, I mean, $100,000 will pay for five people living in an apartment, you know, or five separate apartments. Well, or plus something like that, on, it's never going to get paid. You know what I mean? Like, it's just shit. It's, yeah. it's fucking insane, man. So, you know, you're better off housing the people because if you sit, if you keep one person out of the ICU for winter, you've housed, you know, 20 homeless people for a year. You've yeah. fed, you know, dozens of homeless people for a year. And, you know, when people, when the homeless people, you know, they're off, their interaction with government is, you know, like you said, the psychotics, their interaction with the government is police. Somebody's having a psychotic break and the cops get sent after them. They go to jail. They don't get the help they need in jail. You know, they're being victimized in jail or something like that. They, or they get all their meds in jail, get kicked out of jail and, and go right back off their meds. They're not able to get into a support yeah. program. So well, I- we need... We need programs that are nimble and are capable of addressing these problems in a structural way. And unfortunately, you got a bunch of NIMBY uh, fucks who don't want to see tiny homes in their neighborhoods. We're dealing with this right now in Kentucky. Um, there is a great group in Louisville called the Hope Bus. And what they do is they've create, they have a bus that they converted and they go around to the homeless encampments and feed them. And, have, and take social workers with them and health workers with them so that people can get treatment and stuff like that. And they got enough money together to build a tiny home village. And homeless people are going to be uh, going through there to get transition. And you know, like we said, you've got the core put group. That, put them at the distilleries. They got all kinds of stuff they could do there. I mean, there's all kinds of jobs that could be done all over the place, though. You, yeah. you know, people that have uh, felony convictions, you know, there's very once you have a felony conviction on your record, you're fucked, man, for a lot of normal jobs. Yeah, it you depends know, what um, state you're in, though. California is not. Yeah. Mm. Well, like, uh, I don't know where you shop for groceries. Do you have a Whole Foods there? Yeah. Yep. You ever hear of famous, uh, famous Dave's bread? I think it is. Yeah. 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 yeah his two thirds of his uh, staff is convicts. That's oh, what he really? does is put, is puts convicts back to work and tries to get them back into the productive that. citizens. Richmond, California, man. They they, they found oh, yeah, that's right um, outside where I lived. Yeah. yeah, Richmond, California did a famous experiment where <laughs> they it, it generated a lot of outrage because they were um they you may have heard of it, they were paying felons not to commit crimes. 
that's how it was broken down to. They're paying criminals not to commit crimes. That's the that's the one sentence abstract of it. But the reality is, is they had social workers come in and talk to the police. Who are the people out there committing crimes? Because Richmond, California had a horrible, horrible homicide rate. And the police were like, well, we're glad you asked. We know exactly who's committing all these crimes because it's 5% of, the of our criminal load is out there gangbanging. Here's their names. And the social workers went to these guys that the police gave them. They're like, what would it take for you to stop slaying crack like Citizen Hush and uh, start uh, being a productive <laughs> member of society? Fucking Hush. And uh, they're like, well, you know, I can't get a job because I don't have a GED. I don't have a driver's license. I never finished school. I don't know where my social security card is. So I can't get a job because I have all these obstacles. And they're like, okay, well, here's what you're going to do. We're going to give you a set of goals. If you get your GED, we're going to pay you 500 bucks. You know, sign up for classes. We'll give you a hundred bucks. Graduate this or finish this one class. You get another hundred bucks. Get your GED, get 500 bucks. Get your driver's license, get 200 bucks, whatever. And they gave them these goals and they paid them to do these tasks. And lo and behold, these guys went out and they did it and they cut the homicide rate in Richmond, California by two thirds. And they had such a good result of it that they went from the guys who had massive rap sheets of like 20, 30 pages of arrests to the kids who were just starting to go down that path. And they were able to prevent them from going out. So what happened? The program was deemed to be too expensive. The funding was cut. And that's, the that's, homicide rates went back up. That's, that's fucking bullshit. Because, you know, like what you're describing is like the stuff that people, most people in this country don't see those types of homeless people because they're everywhere in California. They're everywhere in yeah. the cities in California. All right. Yeah. And what, you know, what I, I really thought when Mayor London Breed came into San Francisco, like she, she said the right things. Like she seemed to be really legit upset with the, the way crime was going. Um, Really well, that's the thing. Kind it's of all talk. Go. Well, it, it started out like she was legit about it because, like I said, like when when COVID hit, they they did a lot to take care of those people. Um, and then, like I've they? said, I've said this. They they if you look at the recent elections, like the the district attorney, the school board, you know, the the residents of San Francisco themselves are fed up with with the the crime and everything that's going on. Like they voted all these people out. Like they're they're at the point where. You got to understand what San Francisco and California, well, especially the Bay Area, is for those who don't, who are listening to this, like it's a financial trap for a lot of residents. Because where are you going to oh, yeah. go? Where are you going to go? Once yeah. you're there, you can't get out and there's nowhere cheaper to go and you're kind of stuck unless you yeah, really yeah. are willing to completely uproot your life and move somewhere else. And that's what everyone's like, well, why don't you just move? Well, you know what? You, let, let's stop with the why don't you just move thing because this is not that fucking easy or else people would. Yeah, the U-Hauls from California to Texas oh are like God. five grand oh, and Texas weird. to California is like one grand. It's, it's fucking, crazy. It's, it's it's ridiculous, right? And so you, people are dropping that in rent. And that's the thing. Like you got People don't understand. I One of the, the experiences I'll never forget is when my daughter was with me, she was – you know, she's 17 now. She was probably 13 or 14. I was taking her to her first San Francisco Giants game. Giants fan, grew up at my whole life. Now, I've- Wait, how do you have a 17-year-old daughter? You're like 30 years old. 
I'm 42, bro. What are you talking about? <laughs> My dude. No, you're like, you just turned like 26. I just hell? turned 42, man. Look, it's all about bourbon. The more bourbon you drink, the younger you look. These are rules. I don't make them. I just follow them. Um, so anyway, you come off of, if you ever are in San Francisco and you take the Bay Bridge, I-80 into San Francisco, you will come off on exit 2C and exit 2C will bring you eventually into Oracle Park where the San Francisco Giants play. What it's going to do is bring you under an underpass. And what you're going to see is this area that's been kind of congregated and populated by the homeless and the druggies. And across the street from that, yeah, across the street from that, you'll see, if you bring up Zillow, $4,500 a month apartments. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, we're there. This is like 2018. Sitting at a red light. Homeless people off to the left. I'm just like, well, you know, she's a kid. Of course, she's going to look because all kids are curious. And probably 15 feet from us, dude, is this guy who just takes a squat, pulls out a needle and just starts shooting heroin. <laughs> I'm just like, well, what the fuck? What are you? I can't do anything about it. You know, she's sitting there staring, watching it happen. And then, but like I said, the juxtaposition of that especially in the city of San Francisco and every major city in California, because they're all like this, especially I've never seen more violent homeless people than in the city of Sacramento and literally on PL streets, literally right outside the governor's mansion, which is why every time Newsom tweets about some bullshit, I'm just like, do you, does your dumbass even go outside of your fucking mansion and look around at your fucking streets decaying right in front of you? Cause those people are everywhere in Sacramento. They are violently mentally ill. All over Sacramento, especially downtown. Well, that's the problem, man. There's no accountability. No, the, there the isn't. Media. But then they sit there and constantly fucking this Newsom constantly is fucking going after the state of Florida and DeSantis over whatever fucking issue he feels like attacking him about. It's like, dude, why don't you just for one second, could any of these major politicians just look inward and say, I'm going to fucking fix this? But no, they don't. And it's so tiring to actual residents because it's like the ones that are just bought into like, oh, I'm just going to constantly vote Democrat because, yeah, I'm in California. Or the ones who actually are paying a fucking attention, but they're so outnumbered and they're just tired of it. And they're like, dude, can you just for one second stop campaigning for your next job and just look around the fucking office you reside in? Because that's how What's bad it? it is in Sacramento, man. You've got this core group of Democratic voters, man, who are completely shielded from reality. When COVID lockdowns hit, they're but like, they're yeah, not. yeah, that's I get my to work from home. Not. That's the thing, though. That's what I'm saying about San Francisco. They're not. It's right across the street. There's there's areas. They don't give a shit man. about that. Man. They did, it's right they did out. They're fucking... right out. They're, look at the shit with Pelosi's husband. Like that area is all overrun and they're fucking $10,000 a month places. They're multi-million dollar houses. And it's all yeah, overrun with mentally ill. F- I know, but that's the thing. They can't because Republicans haven't done a fucking thing in that city since 67. So who are you yeah, going to blame? They don't. Dude, it's cognitive dissonance. They get fired up, man. Take, <laughs> they can't take responsibility for their fucking policies. It's so you know, they completely, it, they just ignore everything. If you've ever, you know, this social media like Facebook and Reddit and everything like that has created narcissists, and gener- and a generation of mentally ill act or slacktivists who are just incredibly yeah. toxic. You know, yeah. these people have been brainwashed into thinking Republicans or conservatives are evil, you know, Christians are evil, and a and anything left wing is good. 
anything that is uh but at some point don't you think when it's staring you in your face you kind of like eh, maybe i should think differently or no, they differently? These people are completely shielded from reality. These are tech workers who. Well, those people are just. This is a foreign country. It's foreign, to, and and that's my that you know I wanted to get into that with you as well. We'll do that next, but go ahead, make your point. I mean, these people are like database ma- maintainers and ja- and computer yeah. janitors who, when <laughs> lockdowns hit, they got to stay at home in their pajamas and order DoorDash for two years, and they did not see any kind of significant financial hit. They, they're like, great, I don't have to pay for gas. You know, that gives me more money to buy shit on Amazon. Oh, <laughs> look, the, the store that was here in my uh, uh, hometown for 20 years closed up. Big deal. I can order it off Amazon. I can get DoorDash. I can get, uh, I don't need to, you know, I don't need to build a relationship because I've got Grindr or Tinder or whatever. <laughs> and, and everything has become, we've just completely destroyed society thanks to social media. And apps, and these people. Wait, is this so- is this what you saw taking place in the nineties when you were on Usenet yelling at your fucking local whatever? Since Facebook took power, man, I've watched. I I despair for my kids. I fuck. I mean, you you said you got a seventeen year old girl. Yeah, I've I I feel you know I've got a I've got a, a girl who's in her early twenties, and I've done everything I can to shield her from. Um, from the degeneracy that's going on out there and i've tried to raise her to be uh you know proud of herself and not and not be a punching bag for dudes and not not devalue herself but i look at stuff like i I tell this to anybody who listens pornography the easy availability of pornography has so destroyed young people today where they think that pornography is the norm and you've got these little girls just whoring themselves out for nothing. You've got women have been marketed into sex objects from such an early age and they think that's normal. You know, they think that this abusive, disgusting, degrading pornography is how a normal sex life is. And it's not. And boys have this unrealistic expectation. Girls have unrealistic expectations, and it's just so so fucking bad. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not Christian, but I can understand where the Crusades came from after seeing after seeing how society is uh, gone yeah. downhill. Well, I mean, it all repeats itself, right? We're just maybe maybe yeah. we're just the next cycle. You know, just we're gonna yeah. live through it. You know, look at people need to understand like this: the the, the Crusades were they weren't. A year or two, yeah, <laughs> generations <laughs> exactly. And, like, they, and and the Christians didn't decide. Oh, you know what? One day we're going to go invade uh, uh, the Middle East for shits and giggles. You know, it happened after 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 second centuries and decades of being getting their shit pushed in by invaders. Yeah, and you know we are seeing ugly shit happen on the southern border. We're seeing our culture be destroyed from all sides. We're seeing just horrible, horrible stuff happen. And I well, feel really bad for kids right now. Yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, I do too. And and you know, if, I, if I'm if i cognizant enough to remember, but I, I wanted to go back because uh, you, you mentioned something that I've been thinking about a lot when it came to all the issues that go on with our favorite website, which is Twitter, right? Um First, first question. Let me. Wh- what has been your your take and your opinion on when Elon Musk took over and your experience since then, or or do you have any thoughts on on that whole process taking place? 
Well, Elon must be doing something right with the number of meltdowns that have taken place. Yeah, um, you can always count that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a data driven guy. I like metrics. And somebody turned me on about a year or two ago to a website called Social Blade, where I could measure my followers, um, you know, on a daily basis. I'm not I'm not willing to pay for the service that lets you see it on a 30 day or month to month basis. But it lets me, you know, every every once in a while, I click on it and see what my followers look like. And somehow I've managed to accumulate 17,000 followers. I have yeah, no idea dude, why. You're doing um, well. <laughs> well, you know, in a couple of years back, you know, I was only at like one or 2,000 followers. And I, I found that, you know, my first big uh, bump in followers came when I dragged that uh, Grandmaster Jay from the Not Fucking Around Coalition when he had... Uh, uh, you know, they came to town and three of his people got shot and uh, uh, because one of the dudes locked his knees in formation and dropped his uh, firearm and, and three yeah, people I missed got that. hit. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. So, so <laughs> what is this? Brianna Taylor, you know, got yeah. killed. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. the not uh, I was in, obviously in Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. And not fucking around coalition uh, was marching in Stone Mountain to protest it. And then they came to Louisville. And, you know, in, you know, the, you know, the thing, I mean, as a drill sergeant and being in the army, don't lock your fucking knees yeah, or else you're, you're going to pass out. Yeah. You're going to lose blood supply and then you're going to pass out. Yeah. yeah. Well, some dude locked his knees um, in formation at, the, at their Louisville March and he dropped like a rock and they weren't practicing proper weapon safety. And when he hit the ground, uh, his shotgun went off and three people. His got shotgun went. Holy fuck. Yeah. And uh, Grandmaster Jay, you know, did a, uh, a little video message saying, oh, it was uh, his rifle went off because it hit the ground. It was a slam fire, you know, and he holds up his Bushmaster AR and and locked the bolt to the rear, hit the, uh, you know, smacked it on the table and the bolt went into or the uh, bolt carrier group went into battery. He's like, look, the weapon just went off. And it's like, no, that's that's not how it worked. And I did a react video to that of, yeah, this isn't what happens. And no, a Bushmaster AR is not a bullpup and you're, you're a fucking moron. And that gave me like 2,000 followers. And, and typically whenever I do like some drag video or some super funny video, all of a sudden I'll see a spike in like a thousand followers or five hundred. You know why? Wait, I don't think you. you maybe it's because you, you you're doing what comes natural to you, right? But you got to understand. Yeah. And I've learned this. Um, the stuff you take as what comes natural to you or, or, or things that you just spout off, you got to understand that the majority of our population, especially, they don't even think that way. And they, mm-hmm. if they and if they do, there's another huge population that would never even do it. And that's why you got 17,000 followers because you're saying the things that they want to, they don't have no idea how to, or they have no concept of, the, the the actions to do it and that's where like that's why i say like look at this man like look at all of the people like really break it down like we have a huge there's a huge goon thing or whatever people want to fucking call it but n- start to narrow it down right we're a bunch of narrow casters we do a lot of shit that there's a lot of accounts we could point to who have a pretty good amount of following right but it's all because they've done one two three singular things that really caught on like yourself like Brink with the funeral with his fucking grandfather. Like 
all these things that like Demp used to like Demp got huge off of one account. Now he's building another one off. Like just look at what our population has done. And it's because it's based in reality. It's fucking real. And it's actually stuff that people say and think every single day, but they don't know how to do it or translate it to online. And you're doing that. And that's why you're fucking popular and influential, whether you don't like the word influential or not. Well, that's the thing though, is that, you know, when, um, before Elon bought the platform, you know, I was like, okay, why is nobody seeing my shit? You know, why am I not getting any interaction on this stuff or anything at all? And like I said, I was checking out the, um, social blade and I'd see that, you know, I would have one follower or two followers, or I would have negative followers. I'd be losing followers left and right. And apparently, you know, based on the Twitter files, there were these secret, um, Word. Secret flags that would yeah. get applied to your profile <laughs> and you would just have your reach turned off. That's weird. Isn't that weird? Like, I don't know. Yeah. How do you even do that? Like, I don't fucking know enough about any of that shit to know even how you do that, but that is pretty well, crazy. Uh, yeah. Apparently, um, if you get on the wrong radar, influential accounts will reach out to Twitter and have you turned off. And I'm guessing that's what happened to me um, because I went from you know, gaining 44, 50, 80, 100 followers a day to having like one follower a day or negative followers every day. And that was going on for a year plus. And nobody would see my posts. Nobody would see anything I did. Yeah, you know? I've seen that. Like, I don't I do not do much. Like, I, I go back and forth. Like, there's times where I'll say like the dumbest thing and it'll get, you know, 70, 80 likes for whatever. But then like, there's weeks where I'll go like, like I'm doing stuff that I know in the past would bring in a lot of attention or traction. And it gets like one like. I'm yeah. Like, like I would, I, I would do like movie, movie redubs or, or edits yeah. or something like that. Like yeah. You were years, in that shit for a while. That was awesome, man. Yeah. Like <laughs> two years ago was, was the Demp versus Terry. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's hard to believe that was two oh, years yeah. ago. But I know, and that's yeah. when we ran into our fake fucking Jack's ghost bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, that I would get like huge, huge traffic off of that. And then I would drop stuff like Taco Tuesday and nothing would, you know, where I I recut uh, <laughs> Act of Valor, you know, where the you yeah. remember the scene in Act of Valor where the where the uh, Swift boat team comes in with the miniguns or just yeah, blasting yeah, yeah, the yeah, cartel. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I recut that as like a Taco Tuesday thing where the mini <laughs> where the Swift boats are firing like awesome. plates of appetizers and tacos and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that and that would get like no traction whatsoever. Nobody would see it. I'm like, man, this is funny as hell. What the fuck? I know. Yeah, on? yeah, exactly. Or yeah. especially when you when you got other people that you know, like big accounts are retweeting it, and it's still not bringing people in. There's something weird. Yeah, I think I think they measure part of it as being hot or hostility to other accounts. Like I I tend to just to talk shit to the wrong people, yeah. and I I notice my great engagement falls off. But people like Lafayette Lee, uh, yeah. who is a pro follow, uh, Javier pro follow, yeah. um, and and they they get have super big followings, but you know, like our boy, Rob province, educated floof, you know, he's lost how many accounts now he gets up to 30,000 accounts. He still builds them back up almost instantly. Like the dude's yeah. a legend, man. Like, yeah, he's he got my he highest is. rated. Vi- 
between the the YouTube and the 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 actual like digital version of the the podcast, that dude must have pulled in like fifteen thousand views and listens. It's fucking incredible. Well, he's, a, he's a good dude, man. Yeah, no, he's and a great he, guy. I love him. Yeah, I love talking to him. I love that guy. He's uh, and you know, plus he had sex with like Eric Garland's wife, so that's awesome. Was he the? Yeah, I uh, yeah, I remember that being a thing. Hey, check I mean, this out, is- Buffalo Trace. We're gonna go to that next. Um. No, so that's what I wanted to follow it up with because we, we, we talked about the, the Elon thing, but you know, one of the things that came out of the, the the Twitter files, right? And and this was my my big thing from it is like you had all these people, these engineers, these people you described to, especially during the lockdown, were just sitting up in their fucking basement. Um but most of these software engineers are not they're not Americans. Right. So they come from other countries who the concept of freedom of speech, it's 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 maybe it's not a foreign concept in that it's spelled out in that nation's constitution. But for the most part, from what you and I gleam, the freedom of speech means it's a foreign fucking concept. And you put these people in charge of moderating content on a website in a country that is supposed to be freedom of speech. Right. And so See, that's I don't we, think I so don't think these. What do you think? I don't think the H one. I don't think the H one Bs are out there moderating content. I think the H one Bs are out there doing the server uh, uh, engineering, the the hardware or the hardware maintenance, the software maintenance stuff like that. The moderating itself is done by the shit libs, you know, guys that are super activists, left wing guys who are you know during the daytime they're a twitter safety council member and at nighttime they put on their antifa mask and burn down a fucking starbucks that's <laughs> yeah. who these that's who these people are um you know and you know you got to understand that in the corporate world you've got these subdivisions or that are have different responsibilities and what elon did was he came in and he fired 75% of the dead weight you know and he got rid of uh was it that much? He got rid of a. Sh- you think it was that much? Oh yeah, I mean in Google, and I mean, there's been a wave of tech. There's been a wave, but, but you know, where are they going? Because I don't care. Fuck them. That's you know these people. They told you know these people have absolute. I have no sympathy for these people because these people have no sympathy for us. These people have made it clear in no uncertain terms that if you are conservative in the slightest, they hope you die. If you didn't get the vax, they hope they wanted you to die horribly of COVID. You know, they wanted your business to go under. They wanted your uh, religious institution to close. They wanted you to starve to death. Or what Sam Hyde say? He, they want you. They want you bankrupt, uh, starving. Your, your children raped. They want you dead, and they think it's funny. And and these people have no sympathy for us. You talk to them in any situation other than. You know, Reddit, they're like flyover people are, are dumb. You know, if you had any sense of uh, sense at all, you'd move out of the country, move to the cities, you know, all this other stuff. And they are just indoctrinated and brainwashed. And I have no sympathy for them getting laid off. You know, how many fucking video TikTok videos did you see? Oh, here's my morning. I got up today and I went and I had a smoothie. And then I meditated for two hours. And then I had a high colonic at lunch. And then I had my intestines flushed at for you know, and we went to yoga and Pilates. Then I composed a couple of emails about DIE or diversity. DEI. Or yeah, DEI. Then I went and I smashed a Starbucks and then I committed tax fraud. You know, it's 
these people, you know, they've been living in a bubble. They've told us that, oh, well, you've got a, a trades job. You're a fucking idiot. You know, oh, you live in the country, uh, tough shit. You know, you're backwards, redneck, uneducated. Oh, you, you have a religion. You're fucking uh, superstitious, you know, rube, unlike us educated people who live on the coasts, and you deserve anything that happens to you. So I've got no sympathy for these people. They made the rules. They get to live by them. Oh, you, you, so, you got laid off, learned how to learn how to do HVAC. Learn how to code. Yeah, learn how to code yeah. HVAC. Um, but you know what? This is my thing because and this ties into a lot of the stuff I said earlier, right? We talk about altruism and how it's 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 fallen by the wayside. Now we're talking about um because I'm one of the most patriotic people you'll ever find, and I'm sure you are as well. Um we're obviously very prideful people. Oh, excuse me, very prideful people. And I don't want division in my country. I really don't. Like I, I don't. I don't want that. I don't want this mentality amongst citizenry. I want, you know, the best form of unity that we can find. Which I know it's it's more of a yeah. pipe dream than anything. But how do you think we get back to some sort of unity? Because the last time we had an event that unified this country it unfortunately led to something that i think we've all already dissected and and spoken our opinions on but 9-11 was unfortunately the last time that this country had a moment of unification so outside of you know the covid stuff didn't happen like there were many people who thought that might be something that would bring people together that clearly didn't happen but how do you think well, we get back to something that can unify and unite this country and i mean 911 was 22 years ago man that's I know, an entire, right? isn't that that's fucking an entire insane? generation Dude, it was like yes it's still like yesterday to me it really is oh yeah like i, I remember like, i remember driving up and down the streets in orlando and seeing all these fucking people out with american flags and like it just it was nuts dude and you know it you lived it as well but yeah i mean here's the thing though you've had an entire generation indoctrinated since then and with unless we purge the teachers in the public school system and get some sort of social studies and citizenship and pride and pride in country going on instead of this hatefulness where america is evil America is racist. Everything about America is bad. Socialism is great. Death to capitalism. You know, and that's another thing is you've got these people making $120,000, $150,000 a year as tech jobs say capitalism's evil. You know, these people have no fucking sense. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And there's, there's no way to overcome that unless we smash the indoctrination program that's going on in our schools. You have kids going to higher learning, you know, every year you hear about how teachers need more money, how school systems need more money. And every year the, the, the standards of education get further and lower and lower and lower where kids are graduating, unable to read. They go to college now and they need remedial courses in order to just do fucking basic English. You know, it's, it's a problem with our education system and they're being taught instead of why do you like, I mean, it, because you're not the first person to say that, but I mean, how how did we get to that point from 9-11? We let activists, I mean, we let activists into the education system. We let people, you know, these people, you, if you don't have control of the school boards, you don't have control over who is uh, teaching your kids. If you don't have control of who's teaching your kids, 
you have people that go to college to learn to be activists. And then as activists, they go into the classroom as activists to indoctrinate kids into becoming more activists. You got kids like David Hogg, who is completely you know fucking That's weird. I haven't seen that fucker pop up in months. Since, oh, I saw him posting. Since, he's since, posting today. How does a no, guy? I'm sure like he that, is, but like since Musk has taken over, I have not seen that fucking dude's feed every anywhere. Oh like, yeah. Maybe uh, I'm kind of liking it because he doesn't deserve attention. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah, but the dude got 1,200 on his SATs, right? And so he did got, I. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, but, but the problem is he got he got rejected from every school he applied to. He got into Harvard he because he was got in into Harvard. Unfortunate situation, right? Okay. Yeah, and that's the thing is you've got the intellectual quote elites going into these higher education programs, but they're they're not learning anything. They're just becoming activists. You've got in the everything has been. Sub, has been subjugated by politics. Everything is politics now. Yeah. So what fixes and, it? Then? Why don't we let's 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 uh, give me your give me your radical ideas on what fixes it? Because we can sit here and we can bitch about everything forever because it's easy. Realist, realistically, we're not realistically we're not going to fix it. I mean, we don't have what it takes to fix it. We're not going to purge the uh, the leftists from the classroom. Um, you know, DeSantis is doing what he can. But you know, he's only, yeah, he's he's only one person in one state, um, you know. And when they've got when they've captured media, you know, news, they've captured entertainment, they've captured the corporate world, they've captured sports, they've captured everything. What do we have on the right? Nothing. Do we still have talk radio? I stopped listening years ago. I mean, talk talk radio is an influence. We're not boomers, you know. I mean, video games are left wing as fuck these days, Um, and these people these people don't even realize that they've been that uh, these people don't even realize that they're being uh, manipulated. You know, like one of the big things right now is Dead Space got remade, a video game that's a space horror, and and you know, there's graffiti. Uh, in the spaceship on Dead Space, where it's like, oh, this capitalist system sucks, and they don't realize that this is a, this is a game from a billionaire corporation making billions of dollars. It's just fucking kabuki. Well, why do you think that? But I mean, because it clearly works, though. So what do you like? That's what I'm saying. Like, you're you're talking about purging the left from classrooms, which we aren't going to do, but. It's not going to happen. But, but we yeah. well, okay. But we've got to. We need some sort of plan of action. We can't just continue to us just be like fuck it. Well, I mean, that's the thing, though, is that short of, you know, short of some kind of calamitous event, you know, we're we're pretty much doomed as a country if we keep going on this course. You know, China. You know, China controls uh, our major Hollywood stuff. You know, Marvel. Marvel. What's the, the biggest? Uh, Hollywood corporations that you can think of, Disney, right? Yeah, you know, Disney is the That's is the big monster, yeah, and Disney Disney is too afraid of China to do anything that would anger them. All the Marvel movies are 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 not going to anger China because they can't get up on it. Don't they you remember have- the eighties when we used to like like overtly provoke Russia? Like, fuck you, we're going to fucking make all of our movies about beating you. Yeah, that's that was the eighties. Now, like, what the now fuck happened? What happened? It's well, the same China people. Owns, 
Yeah. I mean, Red they remade Red Dawn, and instead of it being... Oh, it was uh, North Korea, right? Yeah, they changed it from China to North Korea as the villain. Like, North Korea's going to invade fucking Colorado. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler if they did. Yeah, it would be. be. Uh, give fourth ID you something know, we to do, do besides sit there in the mountains. Um you know, pretty, pretty soon we're going to hit a tipping point. I mean, I think what I'm, what my, if you ask me what my fear is right now, just like uh, Russia got froggy with Ukraine as soon as Biden got elected, China, in my opinion, is biding their time. And when China sees it's an opportunity to strike, they're going to go after Taiwan and they're going to take us out of the equation. Because we're weak and we're wide open to vulnerabilities. You keep seeing how power stations are getting shut shot up and and yeah. sabotaged. You know, we are wide open to an attack like that. And if you so do So is everybody it, else. Yeah, but I mean like go back to World War II. Like well, we had entire units of it. Look at the guys that were like, you know, people forget about the band of brothers, but what did they do after that? You had those guys that were their entire mission was to go behind Chinese enemy lines and blow up fucking infrastructure and railroad lines. Like Yeah, but I even, mean two hundred need to stop pretending that we don't have an offense ourselves. We do. We still yeah, have that. I'm with you on your concerns, but at the same time, yeah. we can still do a lot of shit. Oh, yeah, we could totally, you know, we could kill off 75% of China, no big deal. The problem is that still leaves 250 million Chinese. You kill off uh, 75 It doesn't you know, mean you they want to fight. Like, they it, don't care. That's the thing. They don't give a shit. I mean, these the people. Government China, may not, but the actual human does. Like, you, people need to realize China, that. The China welded still humans, people man. in they welded people into their apartments, my brother. Oh no, These no, people... I know that. But that but yeah. you think those are the same people welded in their apartments that are go out and go fight for that? No, they're not gonna fight yeah. for that. Why would they fight for that? They're they don't need to. Here's what here's what China's doing right now. China right now is building up um, power bases in Africa. They're going they're building economic partnerships in Africa where they're going in <clears throat> developing infrastructure like power plants and electric grids and waterways and stuff like that and ports and they set up debt traps and when the government in Africa uh, it's typically a kleptocracy with the officials stealing as much as they can and when they default on these ports or power plants then China's like okay we own this now you, all the payments come to us and all the mining comes to us and they're out there collecting the raw materials and they're out there collecting uh, the resources and they're and they're doing agriculture, they're doing uh, living spaces and, and everything else. They are colonizing Africa right now because Africa is ripe for it. Yeah, but we, which, we, I mean, we've been in Africa forever. We've got permanent. Yeah, but we're not. I mean, you don't see well. you don't see, you know, fucking Ford over there building plants in Africa. You know, Norinco is over there building plants in Africa, you know, and when China gets froggy about Taiwan, I'm worried that they're just going to fucking sabotage us, take us out of the equation, and we don't have a capability to do anything. You know, I mean, look at how look at how divided this country is over well, at know, least I elections. Know Ford, is, Ford is in South Africa. I know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, look, I get it. I, I'm 100% with you on the, the, the worst possible thing. I just want to I just want people to understand because I try to put this out whenever we do stuff like this. I, I'm not into the doom and gloom on everything. I know there's plenty of doom, but you got to understand, like. If others could, they would. 
right? It's it's one of the great lines from fucking The Departed. If you coulda, you woulda. Because people, if they could, they would. China hasn't. Russia hasn't. Like, none of these fucking people have. Like, you're looking at wh- whether you believe the whole thing going on with Russia and Ukraine or not. You know, and that's another conversation. But Russia's not doing a fucking thing with a country like literally a third, if not less than that, the size of that. And yeah, over because we're yeah, because so everybody's everybody's it's teamed that, up. I mean, that's Russia, no, bro, bro. It still comes down to like if you got someone who's going to die and the other person has someone's going to die. That's it. Don't don't try and sell me on the fucking. It's us giving them shit. It's not Russia. If Russia wants to take Ukraine, they will, but they're going to lose everything that they actually want, and that's why they haven't done the ultimate fucking act of, of actually accomplishing that because they want the resources. My point yeah. is, people have this fear. And it's permeated through the internet of like, oh my God, China. Oh my God. Like, yeah, China's a big fucking country. They have a lot of people that they're willing to expel, but we're pretty fucking incapable or we're pretty fucking capable with a lot of things. And and people need to realize that. Like you can, you can yeah. point to a lot of the things that you don't like about how we're doing stuff. You can point to the government. You can point to the president. You can point to some woke policies in the military. But at the end of the day, you still got a lot of fucking men and women who can enact violence in a very, very, very fucking concentrated and powerful way. And oh, a yeah. lot of, most of the country, most of the world can't do that shit. Yeah, I don't. I'm not saying I'm not China's worried about invade. losing the fucking. You know what? You, you want to know? This is the, the thing that I learned this when I first came in, and maybe you know this because it, it probably would have started developing a lot post uh, Gulf War. Is you know people get caught up in like the numbers game when it comes to the size of a military, like what they can do in the first two weeks, because that's like you know this. You were in Korea. You you train for the first two weeks, right? Because you know if yeah. North Korea invades, yeah. then what happens then? Well, then you got to resupply. Then you got to do all that shit. Well, who can do that better than us? Who's got all the yeah. countries and and contractors and and these these corporations embedded in with our fucking military to actually resupply, do sub, do logistics, do all those things? And that's what wins the fucking wars. That's yeah, what that's, wins all that stuff. Yeah, but that's the and thing, those though, other countries that... don't have it. They really don't. Yeah, I'm not saying that China's going to invade the U.S. That's an entirely different kettle of fish. That's not a scenario I'm envisioning. What I'm envisioning is China, you know, causing as much mayhem as possible in a plausible deniability thing. Look at COVID. I mean, COVID them just as much though, because they're so dependent on external purchasing of their fucking goods. Like everything they do affects them. They're they're not insulated by anything. They don't. What what do they care more about? I mean, what's their long term goal? Their well, long term I mean, goal. That's hard is, to, because they they do hundred year plans, right? Like they don't. Yeah, steer. their long term goal though is world domination. Yeah, and yeah, they right. don't they don't care if we're a, a client state that buys from them, or they would prefer that we're a vassal state that slaves to them. But you're they're also banking on them being able to accomplish that goal without fucking conflict and blood. And that when has that ever happened in history? Never. I mean, that's the thing, though, is if they're if they don't have to have direct conflict with us, if they can move in and take our resources and stuff like that, they're they're just as fine with that. I don't know. I I just don't see how that's I don't. How do they pull that off? Like, I think we give China way too much fucking credit. I really do. I really do. And maybe it's because of stuff that I've just seen, like, but. I'm not. I'm I mean, not look, breaking look at, any look groundbreaking at, stories here. I just think, like you know, yeah, China's they, they got a lot of people, but at the end of the day, like we're overvaluing their 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 capabilities, and I say yeah, that more so because when have they last tested them? Fucking Korea. They don't, 
That was yeah, 70 years to. ago, man. They have no idea what the fuck they're doing in a real life conflict. Yeah, but they don't have to have a real life conflict. Yes, with you do. You can't just pretend that because you have numbers, you're some sort of influence. You have I've to never be said... able to have tested and actually be able to use those capabilities. That's yeah, but, that's, and but I, this is what... not just to you. This is just the people in general who will be like, oh my God, China. It's like, okay, what has China done and proven that they can actually carry out this fucking doomsday scenario? That's what no, I'm saying. I mean, they've, they've got Tibet. They've got... Uh... Okay. Uh, they they're you know th- here's the thing tibet is Taiwan, their crimea like it's this like that's why Taiwan, i wish people would realize yeah. like you know what the world existed before we decided to draw borders and play with like yeah yeah taiwan is going to be the big thing when they start deciding we want taiwan how you know well, what's we, our obstacle what, what did biden already say biden already said we'd defend that didn't he yeah last well, year how, like back you know, in the summer, how, he said that how how do they take us off the board for that no, well, I think it's very – I think you 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 continue to play this mission creep game with Ukraine and Russia and then – Yeah, I mean we're bleeding off our uh, javelins or bleeding off all of our war stock for, uh, for Ukraine right now. So uh, when that hits a certain point, you know, they already hit us with COVID as a biological weapon. What happens when another couple COVIDs come out that are more lethal and they come over to the U.S.? And then at the same time, you've got, you know, we've for decades, you've had Chinese uh, nationals in the U.S. acting as spies from Eric uh, Swalwell's girlfriend, oh Feng Feng. Yeah, seriously. To, to students at uh, national research uh, labs at every university. And you've got the Confucius Institute at multiple major universities acting to subvert uh uh, various higher learning. It's not a single facet plan. It's a multifaceted plan across the spectrum, you know, and they will take advantage of everything that we have. You think there aren't Chinese nationals here in the U S right now who could drive but around he, to, you know, the only thing I like, I don't discount anything you say, man. Like I really do. I think you're, you're a very bright, insightful guy. I think you have great insight in, into what you're saying, but you got to understand like, People keep saying stuff like you're saying and assuming that we don't do the same fucking thing. Dude, we don't have, we don't, we may have sleeper agents in China, but I guarantee you it's not anywhere near on the level that China has here. Guarantee you. How do you guarantee that? Because we've got Chinese students at every university stealing research and IP. Okay. We don't have, we don't have American students over in China stealing research. Don't know that though. That's my thing. Like we don't know that. We don't. I mean, Chinese, Chinese society is completely different from ours. Hell, we had a bunch of Chinese agents over there and we got penetrated and the Chinese agents started getting rolled up. That was a big uh, counterintelligence problem. Years ago, like people need to realize that at one one point of time, you know, was it two twenty? Yeah, like literally thirty five years ago, people felt this exact same way about us with Russia. And what happened? Yeah, we outspent Russia and bankrupted them. And we can do the same exact fucking thing to China because all you got to do is pull the production plug. That China like gets everything that they have financially because we allow it. That's it. It's all it's all outsourced. Like you trying to tell me like we can't produce the shit that we get from China. You have so many major corporations like Apple right now as an example that are moving their production facilities back to the United States. What do you think that's going to do to the com- or the, to the infrastructure of China? 
in the economy. I mean, that- like, that's a like Apple's not a small like it's it's not like your local fucking mom and pop store. That's multi billions of dollars every year. Like that's oh, a big okay, thing. That's a I big mean, thing in strategic interest. Yeah, but there's also uh, Huawei or whatever it is. They're telecom people, and they and it's not just Apple, man. You've got Nike. You've got all these shoe things. You've uh, got. Uh, I mean, you know, how many of the parts and everything is made in China these no, days? I get. No, trust me. I. I. My, that's been my biggest issue for fucking years. Like I'm. I, I'm with you. I'm only trying to play devil's advocate here because I don't want people to just like totally forget about their own country's capabilities. Like we're not fucking. Malawi in Africa where we don't do anything we're we're still the United States of America and if we want to do stuff we can we can oh, yeah. but you know and that's it's just how point. do you strike how do you strike back against stuff that's got plausible deniability if somebody uh, you know do it yourself man like play the fucking game like you, you you can't just assume that we don't get to do anything back that's that's what i'm trying to get people to understand again because i'm with you like i don't i'm not and I don't want you. I don't want you to think like this is like, oh my god, fucking Eric's just. No, I'm not. I'm just pushing back at the overall narrative. Like people are just assuming that the United States can't and doesn't do anything to enact in its own best interest anymore. Like, oh, well, I hundred uh, percent. Here's here's yeah. the thing, though. All right, let's take an example from relatively recent history. Um, you remember the Beltway shooters? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The standard, yeah. 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 yeah, two two relatively untrained thousand, right? Yeah, driving around in a hoopty. Um, pretty crazy. Yeah, paralyzed the entire East Coast for weeks, just yeah. taking pot shots at folks. Yeah, now th- this was such a big deal that ATA or that people in my industry were getting calls uh, from uh, ATF Joint Task Force trying to narrow the shit down. You know, that was just two dudes in a hoopty taking pot shots. You know, nowadays you've got, you know, when you've you've got guys that are shooting up power stations, you've got people that are, um, <clears throat> you know, doing various things. We are a wide open society, and we are vulnerable in so many ways that people just don't realize. And if there was a concerted effort, yeah, you say, yeah, we've got these capabilities ourselves. The question is. You know, if we don't know who's carrying out these acts, how do you strike back against it? I, I, well, I would push back with, immediately with like it's the usual fucking suspects, man. Like it's not some fucking okay. But yeah, let's say you've got our Iranian, uh, uh, you've got like five or ten Iranians running around shooting at power stations in a five in a tri-state area, and then and somewhere else you've got five or 10 Chinese people, Chinese agents shooting up power stations in another area. And then you've got uh, some militants of whatever faction carrying out sniper attacks across the U.S. And you've got asymmetric warfare going on within the continental U.S. Never going to stop. But you, you act, But my point is because only because it's not broadcast, you assume it's not taking place in all those locations you just said. That's what I oh, want people to understand is like yeah. the United States of America is not in a permanent state of just reaction. Like we're not. We just no, aren't. Of course not. At any level, we're not. We are we are still very proactive and still in, you know, involved in all the things that you're saying. And I get it. Like I understand a hundred percent where you're coming from. Cause you don't want to see that, right? You don't want to see other people doing stuff. But that you know what? That's the fucking way of the world. Like everyone's doing something to undermine the other regardless of whether we have positive relationships or not, but don't think that we're not doing our own 
That's yeah, my only I thing. Mean, like, don't don't think we're not, and don't assume we're not. Because yeah, I mean, we've probably you know, got we people worked, over in Iran. We wouldn't fucking be here because someone would have already taken over, and they're not. Yeah, we've we've probably got people in Iran right now helping foment the 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 attempt at a revolution going on. You know, we've probably got people over, you know, in various other places causing mischief and mayhem going on. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, again, where do, you ask me, how do we get back from where we're at? Yeah. yeah, yeah, short, yeah. Of, short of some major event that causes a drastic societal shift, I don't see how it's going to happen. And you think we have the society for that? I like, think if think, we, I think, think people, if we as Americans got pissed off enough, then we could. But the problem people, is, you know, because we're, you know, we're not far removed from the same people who used to take head severed heads and put them on fucking sticks. Yeah, that's true. Like people need to realize that that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, I mean the the default state is not peace. The default no, state. Not, oh. I mean, was it was it Locke or Hobbes who talked about the the, the state of nature? It's like it's yeah, short and it's short, brutish, and just you're gonna die. Like that's the yeah. state of nature of man without society. Um, maybe it was Hobbes. I don't know. It was one of those fucking people. But the only thing I would ask you to follow up on that is um, because I think the biggest issue we've got, and I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. We are such a large nation, you know, we're, we're getting close to 350 million people. Um, and when it comes to the military, we're not getting bigger, whether people think we are or not, we're not. The, the budget may be growing, but we're still about half a million active duty forces in terms of the, the, the army, you know, maybe close to 2.2 million worldwide with all the branches and reserves accounted for, but that's a small portion of the population. And I bring that up only to say, like, do you think with the fact that we are at an all-voluntary force and the, the, the actual disparity in terms of those people willing to do it, you know, you describe someone like yourself who needed to just change his fucking home life, and that's probably a lot of people who join the military, but you take those people, the ones that make up the, 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 the total force, you juxtapose that with the, the population and it's pretty blatantly obvious that whatever is going on with our military doesn't affect the average American anymore. Oh yeah. So if it doesn't, how do you get a population to give a shit? I don't think it's possible. I mean, you know, people are so insulated from the all volunteer military. I mean, people have, you know, you've got the, the, the glitter class, the, intellectual class who thinks that the military is filled with dregs of society or they, they still labor under the illusion that it's, you know, it's filled with people who are like join the army or go to jail when in reality, yeah, go to war or go to <laughs> yeah. They, when reality is the army is mostly middle-class um, folks from, you know, decent yeah. uh, educational upbringing, but it's, it's so insulated that, People just don't give a shit anymore. Even with, even with like what's coming out of Ukraine, where you've got combat footage coming out, you know, folks were largely shielded from that with Afghanistan and Iraq. You know, you didn't see GoPro vids of dudes uh, clearing houses in Iraq. You know, yeah. you don't see the kind of stuff that we see 
going on right now in Ukraine. And I don't know, you know, man, I don't think anybody will give a shit about it until it becomes personal to them. I don't want to see us draft people again because, God, that'd be a fucking nightmare. But I think we, I think we need to overhaul uh, the schooling so that, so that uh, public service is a. What, what's, that? What's, what's easier, drafting people into the military or overhauling the school system? <laughs> I mean, these well, are both these are both untenable. Drafting, right? I mean, drafting people into the military, you get the absolute worst. And overhaul, you know, if if you can overhaul public schools so that there's a mandate to teach civics and stuff like that, and you get them young, I mean, you know, where you teach. I mean, you look at Japan. How's Japan do it? You know, they teach these kids at, at, at three years old to that that team building and cleaning up after yourself and being responsible and, and being kind to others is a virtue. And it builds on that for their entire lives. And then, you know, you've got a high isn't trust society. That, isn't that hard to, like, fathom, though, considering, you know, World War II wasn't that long ago? Yeah, well, I mean, we had to nuke them for that to take for that to. That's what's so fucking. It's 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 incredible to me because we talk about Taiwan, we talk about China, Japan, and all, and like you know, you know, being friends with individuals who are in that global manufacturing space, and you just see like the absolute complete difference between a Taiwan's manufacturing company and ours. And it's like, it's night and day, man. Like they're so far ahead. Yeah. You know, because it's I mean, a sense of pride that we don't have. And how do you build that? How do you get that back? I mean, it's going to take, you have to, you have to indoctrinate kids in it at a young age. If, and if you don't, then it's over. If you've got people who are more obsessed with clout and TikTok yeah. and they're and getting their money from only fans, then that's what you get. <laughs> if you, what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's I have to cater to a certain <laughs> geriatric guns role. and toes, bro. Guns and toes. Yeah, you know, certain older ladies with disposable income they they pay a pre pay for me. That and, you know, young. Yeah, you know, certain uh, you know young men. I'm I'm financially flexible. <laughs> <laughs> Money don't have no memory. Really doesn't. It's Louisville gun. It's Louisville yep. gun. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything I didn't touch base with you on? I I know I've, I've I've taken you all over the place and I've I've pushed back a lot and I I don't mean it's a I just want oh you brother to be able it's to valuable throw all of it yeah no I just want you to throw all the possibilities out here because I, I am concerned with everything that you're saying it's just that like I really want people to remember at the end of the day that we are still the United States of America and we're not just fucking sitting around waiting for the worst to happen we're yeah. I mean, we're America. At, at the end of the day, we're Americans, bro. The problem is, is that some people don't care, yeah. or some people see some people see being American as an evil, and yeah. and um, until you until you teach the opposite of that, until yeah, you know, these people. Well, I've always said this: like people need to stop thinking patriotism has to do with anything with the government. It doesn't. It has to do with the idea on the founding of your country, and that's it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you have. You know, you have people that think America is this horrible, racist, awful country, and they've never been outside of their yeah, state. Yeah, they've never been. <laughs> oh, they definitely never left the shores. Which, you know, by the way, I meant to bring that up. Is like, is there any more defensible, greatest thing in the world than just like to hope for the worst possible case of an actual invasion? Because you don't even need the military. 
You're not going to get past our people. Man, I don't want to. I like I like toilet paper and taking a shit in, in a warm. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on all that. I just say like you know, if you invade the coast, you're gonna have a bad time, and you're never like the people in the in the in the plains in the the Midwest are never gonna get a chance to have fun because everyone will be dead by then. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm perfectly okay with the coast getting wiped out and then, then hitting the <laughs> Appalachians and the Rockies. No one's gonna make it. That's my point. Yeah. Oh, let them let them a trip in New York. You know, let them a trip and see. We'll never Diego make it open. through the gangs and the cities of New York. That's my. <laughs> that's uh, my I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think you get uh, into upstate New York. You, you, those are a different type of people up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't want that. You don't. Yeah. Anyway, it is what you I know, mean. It's it's like it's like you said, man. After after nine eleven, you know, you saw the country pull together. Nine eleven yeah. happened, and you saw small town fire departments sending their fire engines to New York. You yeah. saw first responders from all over the country volunteering, sending you know sending teams to New York, doctors, nurses, you know, um, EMTs. You saw schools filled with our kids putting together care packages for New York. You know, after 9-11, everybody was in New York, you know, yeah. and did you ever watch a show um, Rescue Me with Dennis Leary? No, I never watched it, but I, I seen enough of the previews. Yeah, I mean, that was a great show. And, you know, for was it a, after like a patriotic slant or what? Well, it's like, you know, it had, it took place after 9-11, you know, okay. the show started after 9-11 and he's a firefighter that was one of uh, you know, the, his character. What's that? Was he in Chicago? Was it based in Chicago or was it New York? No, he was a New York firefighter and he lost, a, he lost a few of his buddy. I mean, the, the premise of the show was he's a New York firefighter. He responded to 9-11, uh, the World Trade Center. He lost a couple of his buddies in the fire. Um and he's dealing with PTSD. He's an alcoholic. He's you know a, a womanizing shitbag. It, it's a it's a great show. But one of the one of the cops, you know, one of the scenes in the show was yeah, you know, nine eleven happened. All you firefighters were getting blowjobs for months, and uh, you know everybody viewed you as a hero. And now here you are, you're an alcoholic drunk driver, and uh, nobody cares. You know that's the thing is for you got credit for a little while, and then. You know, everybody got back to normal and it's business as usual. And short of something happening that pulls us together as a nation, I don't know what it'll take. You know, I thought. Well, I thought COVID would do it. but And I I know a lot of people were banking on that happening as being like an opportunity to serve your community, but it didn't work. Yeah. Well, they made sure that everybody. too politicized. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was like, no, COVID can't possibly be a bioweapon until it turned out it was. Yeah. Um, no, but you're right. Like we're kind of like, I hate to say it, but outside of another 9-11 type event, like what is it going to be that's going to take? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I think it's going to take it, it, at this point, it may take an alien invasion. It may take, you know, that'd be fun. Yeah. An Armageddon <laughs> event, you know, where a meteorite hits the hits, yeah. uh, it's the country and, and everybody has to pull together. I don't know what it will take for us to unite under a common cause. And, and Pat, until something like that happens, we've got irreconcilable differences and we may be heading for a national divorce. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to get to that point in our lifetime, but um, I don't, I don't yeah. want to see it. I don't either, but yeah. You, God I, forbid I, if I, it I happens. percent with you that we, we are totally in desperately in need of some sort of unifying force. Cause I would much rather see that than something else, you know? Yeah. You know, I don't right, brother. see any... No, go ahead. 
Yeah, I don't want to see, you know, it I don't want to see conflict on our shores. And God no, God no. forbid if it if it does happen, let it happen while I can do something instead of my son. Um, yeah, no, no, that's 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 a that's a great point. But I you know I would say that we're we're never as fortunate as our as our thoughts. That's what I would say. Yeah. We're never as fortunate as our thoughts. Cause I, I'm with you on that. As the as I get older and older, it's just like, man, I, you know. I, I, I train like I'm still 21, but you know, the reality is very different. Right. So, but um, I don't want, I don't want my kid involved in anything like this. I want us to be able to do, you know, the rational thing and, and figure out our fucking shit and not have to deal with stuff like that. But you're right. It's a scary proposition and and I hope we never have to deal with it. And I just hope that peacefully we can come together as a nation because that's what we need. Oh, I'm going to meme my way into success. I hope and, and do it. More lies the enemy. You know, right. I'm doing Louisville my Bill Gunn on Twitter. Um, I'm doing my part to traumatize you on, are you on my Instagram? Uh No, I'm not on Instagram. Or, okay, good. I, yeah, there's too many uh, harlots on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Instagram is a weird place. Uh, but anyway, so that's Louisville Gunn. He is on Twitter. You can find him. Um, you can find me at Eric TWBB. If you made it this far, I really appreciate you hanging out and drinking with us. Uh, I don't even know if Louisville Gun drank because he's uh, he's not showing his face, which he shouldn't. But he is a is uh, a very. I just uh, I stuck to fentanyl. That's okay. uh, what I've been doing tonight. That, that's what he does. All right, so buddy, he's a great account on Twitter. Please go follow him. You know, World thank Class you hosting. I appreciate you hanging out with me for the time being. And, uh, you know, you have yourself a great night, my friend. I appreciate you having me on, man. This has Absolutely, been a great dude. It's experience. Been overdue. It's, it's been overdue. Yeah, I got to look at you for two and a half hours. And it, it truly it truly has been a blessing for me. I'm going <laughs> to do terrible things to myself later. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, yeah. brother. You have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. You too, man. man. All right, buddy. Have a